0: As followers of Jesus, we are called to share God's message with those around us. So today, I want to talk to you about teaching scripture and share some simple and effective strategies and tips for how you can share your faith with those around us. Now first and foremost, the Bible is God's word and it should be the foundation for everything we believe, teach, and do. And anything that doesn't agree with the Bible is false and should not be taught. Now, along with this, we shouldn't, uh, this isn't just for pastors, teachers, and evangelists. We are all called to share what we have learned with others, maybe in small groups, maybe just with friends, or even with our family. We are all called to share what we have learned with others. Now, we need to remember that there is room for humor, philosophy, and illustrations, and many other things, but the Bible must be the focus and foundation of everything we teach. Now, when it comes to teaching, there are basically only two styles. All the different methods, everything else boils down to two basic styles. The first is topical. Now, just like it sounds, this is where you choose an important topic and share what the Bible says about it. You pick something and then you say what the Bible covers about this. You go from Genesis to Revelation and share everything that the Bible has to say about that basic topic. Now, just some of the countless examples that you can do this are salvation, holiness, anxiety, even how to be in a marriage, parenting, or even something more practical like helping those in need. So you just pick a topic and share what the Bible says about this. Now, some general guidelines, don't only pick topics you like teaching, because the people need to hear the full counsel of God. They need to hear every topic, not just the ones you like teaching. So we need to pick even topics that make us uncomfortable, and share those with people as well. Also, don't ignore scriptures about the topic which say things you don't like. If you pick a topic and there are some passages that perfectly agree with what you believe, don't just focus on those. Also, share some of the more controversial uh, scriptures, which might be more complex, or you might uh, not like the way some people interpret those scriptures. You need to share all the scriptures about that topic, not just the ones that you like. Paul wrote to Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the follower of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And we need to remember that if there are some scriptures which disagree with what we believe, then, our, then it's our belief that needs to change, not scripture. And when we're teaching, again, we need to cover everything. And the second style of teaching is called expository and this is different from topical where you pick a topic and explain it in expository you choose a section of scripture or a book a passage a chapter and you go verse by verse line by line covering each topic As They are mentioned so you just go directly through scripture and share what it says and what it and everything as you go forward with that so uh, the second the next section of this is that the good scripture good Bible teaching should answer three important questions. What does it say? What does this mean? And how does this apply to your life? Good, proper biblical teaching should answer each of those three questions. So now let's go through exactly how to do this. So the first is, what does it say? This sounds very simple, and it kind of is. Just, just most of the time, simply sharing scripture is the simplest and most effective way to teach we need to realize that the Bible is God's word. And so simply sharing God's word directly with others can be the simplest and often most effective way to teach. I love what uh, Hebrews 4 says. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So again, we need to be sure that, that scripture can speak for itself. And it so often is perfectly clear clear and applicable so we need to just let scripture speak for itself now sometimes things can be a bit confusing so along with just sharing what it says we can clearly and simply define any complex words in the passage. Just simply explaining what some words mean can help people understand scripture better. And also, sometimes, sharing multiple translations can also, also clarify what scripture means. As many of you know, when you translate from one language into another, it's very difficult for the, to, to carry the exact same meaning without either adding meaning that was not originally there or dropping some meaning that was there. Translating from one language to another is very difficult. So when it comes from translating scripture from Hebrew or Greek into whatever language you're teaching, sometimes it can be very difficult uh, to, to, to get the exact meaning. And that's why different translations focus on different things and can be very helpful in just clearly explaining the simple meanings of scripture. And to take it even further, sharing some of the greek and hebrew words can aid in understanding when the greek says exactly this word this is really what it means and what it really implies and how you can go a little bit deeper on this scripture and just clearly what it says so that brings us to the second question that we need to answer when we're teaching What does it mean? Of course, we read what it says, and that's usually very clear, but what does it mean? It can go much deeper. I love this quote about scripture. The Bible is a pool where children can wade, and elephants can swim. So if you imagine a pool where there's part of it that's very shallow, where even children can stand. But there's part of that same pool where elephants can swim without even touching the bottom. And scripture is the same way. When it, when it comes to so many passages, there's the straightforward, easy, simple reading which even a child can understand. But then when you go deeper into the nuances, the complexities, there are things that we can ponder, discuss, and just study for the rest of our life and never Fully, completely, one hundred percent understand. So the first aspect of teaching what Scripture means is context. Now, when it, we need to understand what's around uh, the the passages that we're reading, and even what is the the connected significance of it. Now, I love the saying that when you take text out of context, all you're left with is a con. You can make it sound like whatever you want. You can change the meaning, but we have to keep text in context, or else all we're left with is a con. Now, one of my favorite passages of scripture to to show this simple point is Matthew 4, 9, which says, I will give you great wealth and power if you will worship me. That's a promise written right there in scripture. So why don't you hear good teachers teaching this as a promise that you can claim in your life? Well, that's because you need context. The person who said this was actually Satan. That's what Satan said to Jesus in the wilderness. If you'll worship me, then I will give you great wealth and power. So of course we need to read the context and not just take a single verse and use it out of context to say whatever we want it to mean. So let's look at some different aspects of context that we need to learn. So first and foremost is culture. So the scripture was written to to people in ancient Israel, the Roman Empire, or certain other contexts. Now, I I have an entire video about understanding scripture where I go in more depth on each of these. So today we're just going to be very brief. But whenever possible, when we're discussing what scripture means and when we're teaching this, we need to share the culture, what was happening in the time and what what are some of the cultural norms that would have been understood by the reader, but maybe not easily understood today. As I mentioned earlier, knowing the author of the book uh, and and the audience uh, who wrote this book and who did they write it to can greatly help us understand the context of the passage, the genre. We need to read poems very differently than how we read prophecy or history or other genres that are prevalent throughout Scripture. And also, prescription and description. Just understanding there are certain passages of Scripture Which clearly say, hey, this is exactly what you have to do if you face this circumstance. And then that's the prescription. But also there's description where scripture simply shares this is what happened when these people faced this circumstance. This is what they did. And now we need to pull from that what we can learn. But not everything that's description directly applies to us. Now... Just, just to overview some of this with context, we need to remember that Scripture is written for us, but not to us. All of Scripture can there are things that we can learn as believers anywhere anytime. it's for us. but most things were not written to us. They were written to people at a very different time. And cultural setting. So, we need to separate some of the things that are cultural from things that directly apply to us today. So, context absolutely is key when it comes to understanding what scripture means. Now, ne- the next section is just a- another important thing is that we need to balance confidence with humility. When it comes to teaching scripture, you can go too far either way, you can have almost too much humility and be too soft about what the word of God says, but we also need to balance our confidence and not overstep the boundaries and not speak with too much confidence, almost arrogance, when it comes to our interpretation of what we believe scripture means. Now, let's read a bit more. We need to understand there's a separation between God's word and our interpretation. If you're reading a verse you need to teach it as God's word. But our interpretation, our understanding can be different. We need That needs to be a very lower level than God's word. And especially with things in which other genuine believers disagree. Now, I want to share something with you. This, Whenever I teach, I try to look at things from what I call the confidence spectrum. A spectrum of just how confident I am in what I'm teaching. Now, we need to realize that at the absolute top, are things that we know, things that are said directly, clearly in God's word, even said multiple times. And then below that are things that where we're confident, where we, it's written, it's very clear, we believe it very, very strongly, but maybe there's just a tiny bit of room for the possibility that that is wrong. And there are things that we believe. We, there Other people have different beliefs, but we feel pretty strongly about one way or the other. Now, and then there's maybe, where it really is 50-50 or where there are completely valid biblical answers for how things might go one way or the other. And then as the spectrum flips, there are things which are probably not true. There are things which we can be very confident are not true. And then things that are just straight up not true, which are completely condemned and against what we see in the Bible. So as we're teaching We need to remember this spectrum and teach accordingly. We need to realize that with humility that there are Bible-believing followers of Christ who disagree about many things. So as we're teaching, of course, share your views, but make it clear to the audience that some people disagree. Now, I even try to share what other people believe, and then I'll share why I disagree with them. But we need to have this basic level of humility that we are not God, and our beliefs and our opinions are not 100% in agreement with God. We don't know that for 100% sure. So we need to have humility when we're teaching scripture. And then on the flip side of that is authority. When it comes to teaching with absolute confidence, I love the example of Jesus in Matthew seven. It says, when Jesus finished, finished teaching, the crowds were in awe at his teaching for he was teaching them with authority, not as their scribes. So, of course, Jesus did many miracles and worked in power, but people were also in awe and wonder because Jesus taught with authority which was very different than the human teachers that were around them. And I love what Jesus said in the Great Commission, Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even until the end. So Jesus says, I have all authority. Therefore, go. So when he says therefore, that means he is saying the authority that he has, he is giving to you to go and complete this commandment, to make disciples of all nations, to evangelize and disciple. So we need to realize that when we're doing things that we know and things that we know God has called us to do, we can do this with complete biblical authority. So just a small list of some things that we know, and can teach with absolute authority is that we were created by a God who loves us. That the Bible is God's word, that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the only way to salvation, and that we are called to share God's word with others, and we are called to help those in need. When you are sharing things like this, you can teach with absolute authority now the third part of uh, the third question that we need to answer each time we're teaching is how does this apply to your life how do we apply what we're learning in a practical everyday way i love what james wrote be doers of the word and not hearers only if you hear something and just keep it to yourself That is not what the Bible has has, has called you to do. You're called to put it into practice and to have your life be changed because of this. And as teachers, we need to remember that the goal is transformation, not information. We want the people that we're teaching to be changed, to be transformed, not just informed. Transformation, putting things into practice, is the goal of all of our teaching now the technical term for this is homiletics how to make god's word applicable to our life and of course there are entire college classes that talk about this and and it's something that you will, will will work on your entire life getting better getting smoother, being more effective at teaching others how to apply these things. But our goal always, again, needs to be putting things into practice. That's even our goal as Metal Ministries. Our tagline is putting faith into practice. Everything we teach we want you to be able to put it into practice. Now, again, when we're teaching, we need to make it personal. This is the best time when we can share how this passage has affected us, what we have learned as we even study this topic. And, of course, this is when we can share any stories, especially personal ones, which connect to the main points that we're trying to get across when we teach. Now, again, every passage of Scripture is different, so you need to con- just just pray And seek God's wisdom about how to apply any passage you want to teach to others. Now, so that's the basic three questions for how how to prepare and teach a good message. Answer those three questions. What does scripture say? What does it mean? And how does this apply to your life? Now, I the last section of this message, I just want to give some general tips and strat- some tips for how to teach others. We're going to be quick, and we're just going to cover these very fast. There are about 16 things. So first is that we need to pray and follow the Holy Spirit. Know that it's not us who are going to convict people of sin, and it's not us who has the power to transform lives. It's the Holy Spirit. So we need to pray over everything. And follow the Holy Spirit's guidance as we prepare and teach our messages. Next is that we need to practice what we preach. There is nothing worse than a hypocritical pastor that teaches one thing and then does the exact opposite in their personal life. We must practice what we preach if we're going to be respected and if people are going to actually listen to what we say. Next is just to keep it simple. We have a tendency, many of us, to overcomplicate things, to go too much, too deep, and even to go too far away from directly what the Bible says. Keep it simple, keep it brief, keep it short, and just make it as close to God's word as possible. The simpler, the better. Even make it where an eight or 12 year old can understand. So along with that, know your audience. Whether people are very educated in scripture, whether they're younger, older, married, single, know your audience and tailor your message so that it's easiest for them to understand and apply it to their life. The next tip is to learn from great teachers. Watch sermons online, connect with pastors in your area that you, that you respect and have learned from, Learn from their strategies, how they prepare a message, and even uh, get them to critique you and just learn from them and apply even how they teach into how you teach as well. Another important thing is to use notes. Don't feel like you have to uh, just memorize everything uh, and, and just notes help us to really remember things to make sure we don't miss any key points when we're talking. And it also helps us to strategize and organize our message into a clear and effective way. So along with using notes, use technology, print something out, put it on a board, make it where people can understand you, and even share that message along other places like putting it online like this. Use technology to your advantage. Technology is a tool which can be used well for God's kingdom. So along with this, again, we stick to the Bible primarily, but it's also a good thing to use humor stories and illustrations to help make points people might remember uh, a few of your key points as you're teaching but they're also going to remember your jokes stories and illustrations almost as much if not more than anything else you share in your message so if you want something to be memorable and for them to truly put it into practice in their life use humor stories and illustrations another general tip is to be flexible Be prepared for things to change, whether it's timing, whether something goes wrong while you're teaching, or even especially for the Holy Spirit to to change your message and to add or subtract things as you're teaching. We need to be flexible and not so rigid in everything that we teach. Also, seek constructive criticism from pastors you respect, from even just other believers. We need to seek constructive criticism. Every time I make a message, my wife and I go through it before I decide whether to post it online. So we need to seek the wisdom and counsel of others and be willing to change as we go through those things. Also, put in the work. Don't be lazy. Don't just make a couple simple points and just share something simple. Put in the work to really pray, to study, to learn, and then to share the best of what you've learned with others. Put in a, a, a large amount of work to teach something in, in a brief, concise, effective way. Also, be joyful. It's okay, and we need to be, to, if, if, if we don't love what we're teaching, then people aren't gonna love it also. Now, of course, there are some topics which are very difficult, and it's okay to have moments in your sermon which are very, very serious. But in general, we need to be joyful and happy and want people to come along with us to learn what we've learned and to do what we do. We need to be joyful in what we teach. Also, we need to be vulnerable. We need to be open. We need to be honest. And we need to share even some of the difficult things in our life with others. And that's also being personal. When, when you read a passage and it convicts you of sin in your life, Share that with them. People don't want to hear from someone who's perfect and doesn't struggle. They want to hear from someone who has fought the good fight and pushed through certain issues and to teach them how they can come through those difficulties also. So we need to be vulnerable, open, and personal when we're sharing these things. Also, we need to remember don't put anything on the same level as scripture, not our interpretation, not our experiences. God's word is the absolute highest and the foundation focus of everything. And so nothing needs to be on that same level. Now, finally, do everything for God's glory. Check yourself. Make sure you're not trying to make yourself look good, that you're not trying to bring glory, money, or anything else for yourself. We need to always remember that everything we do is for God's glory. I thank you so much for listening. I pray this was a blessing to you. I hope you've learned some simple things about how to share with others. And I just want to close by sharing with you what Colossians 3 says as a prayer and my encouragement for you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. That's my goal for all of you to teach others. So again, I thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts, any comments, please let me know what you thought about this video. And if you'd like to hear more about how to put your faith into practice, I hope you'll like, subscribe, and follow this page. God bless.